And we got Can We Just Talk here on WRSU FM New Brunswick. Just a little bit getting, just a little bit now here. If you hadn't heard the news, of course, it just came out uh, just literally two minutes ago. Uh, Ron Harper Jr. is going to be withdrawing from the NBA draft process. He's returning to Rutgers next season um, as well. So Rutgers back with um, with, Ron, with Ron Harper Jr. Geo Baker is back as well. In 20 minutes at 7.15, we'll be speaking with Aaron Brightman from On the Banks, uh, Rutgers affiliate of SB Nation. Yes. So we'll be... He's a good guy. We're speaking with him uh, as well to talk just, about just found all out the news. Of, just found out one of my writers is, uh, uh, is one of the writers now on On the Banks, which is cool to see. Uh, Jack Jack Bashar, our main, our main men's basketball writer for the Targum. He uh, apparently runs the Instagram, too. So I'm sure he'll post some funny Rutgers memes uh, at OTV underscore SB Nation. That's the On the Banks page. Yeah, and Ron Harper also, just a side note, he's got two years of eligibility remaining as well. The midnight deadline for prospects to come out of the draft was uh, today. Um, so this is going to be great news for uh, the Scarlet Knights as well, a team that, you know, that of course, while they lost Miles Johnson, they lost Jacob Young. They still have, you know, Ron Harper Jr., Geo Baker coming back, Paul Mulcahy, McConnell, Cliff Amorier uh, um, as well. Um, but we got Can We Just Talk right now, and... Dylan, you were talking about this issue. Um, you know, we talk about you know, you know, the states are legalizing marijuana, and states are this are legalizing that as well. We talk about you know how Shakari Richardson, the track athlete who was supposed to be one of the going for that world record and going for that gold um, in Tokyo, she won't run at the Tokyo Olympics after being left off the U.S. relay list because uh, she tested <sighs> positive for marijuana. In addition to her spot in the 100 meter individual race, so. She had a um, also was a thirty day suspension that'll end before the start of the relays on August fifth, um, which also which left open the possibility she could win a medal as part of the four by one hundred uh, relay team as well. But you know she is just she was unreal and very you know she established she's a gold medal she won the hundred meters in ten point eight six seconds I mean under eleven seconds which is pretty crazy and uh, this is you know it's very unfortunate for her trying to go for the gold. Um, for the Summer Olympics. Out of 130 people on the roster from track and field, they released yesterday. She wasn't there, but Dylan, you have something about mixed martial arts and um, yes. and this stuff as yes, well in I, this arena. What do you got for yes. us? Yes, unlike the uh, constantly not showing up uh, Brant, Brant, I am a big MMA fan as often on the show. I like to plug <laughs> the sport. Um, that was your lock of the week. The past couple of weeks, I think, were your locks was MMA. Uh, at least this one. Usually, I think a couple weeks back. Usually, too. When a, usually when like they have like a pay per view once a month, and I, I don't know, I like throwing a lock. I like to I like to plug it for the for the for the people who are listening that aren't uh, ingratiated with the sport. But um, I wanted to talk about this because you know um, we've seen in the recent we see Olympics with these kind of draconian policies. You know, I, I, and I don't mean to be like crass, but does marijuana make you do anything faster? It, it I, is not I, a I PED. Would, it is I not say, labeled under a PED or performance enhancing drug. I would say no, and <laughs> I would just say no. And I think it's amazing because the Nevada State Athletic Commission, who is the um, commission in charge of athletic events in Nevada, they're more they're mostly well known for the way they um, enforce combat sports, boxing, mixed martial arts, kickboxing, jujitsu, etc. Um, they've recently announced that they are not going to be punishing fighters who test positive for marijuana anymore. Um, in like pre-fight and post-fight, I don't know about post-fight because I don't know if you could be high when you fight, but I know in pre-fight, like you will no longer be punished, which 
you know, I think it's a great step for 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 the sport. I think it's a great step for sports. You know, we've seen sports like the NBA um, and obviously now um, different athletic commissions really take a step forward. You know, um, you know, marijuana is not a PED. It's not going to make you a super athlete. It's not like taking a bunch of steroids. Like it's it it's it's a substance that people enjoy. It's a therapeutic substance. You know, it's not. I think I think I think we're finally getting out of like the dark ages of where people you know scrutinize it and like really uh, start and really say things that just aren't true about it. Um, but you know the Olympics has kind of gone the other way. I understand that it's that it's a commission of everyone in the world, and a lot of places are not uh, as progressive as the United States on marijuana. But I still think that it's it's a shame that one of the fastest women in the world, a woman who was probably going to win or had a chance to win multiple gold medals in the 100 and the 4x100. Um, and I even think the 4x200 uh, in Tokyo later this year is not going to because, you know, of, of some marijuana. And I, I, just, I just think that's, that's beyond ridiculous. Um, and I'm happy to see that, you know, a, a, a commission like the Nevada State Athletic Commission who tried to ban Nick Diaz for life a couple of years ago because he tested positive for marijuana is now, um, you know, making it, taking it off the list of banned substances. So I, I just think, I think it's a great thing to see. I think, you know, sports are interesting because in, you can literally have the same thing happen in two different areas of sports, and one will look like the most progressive thing ever. It'll look great, and the other will look horrible. And, I mean, that's what we're having going on right now. So I just think that um, that Shikari Richardson deserves to be at the Olympics, um, and I think that, Marijuana is not a PED, which I know might be a controversial substance. I mean, a controversial opinion, but uh, it's it, it's not a PED. So, well, it's it's so much better I'll than all these that. guys like popping these pills. I mean, you That's saw what you I'm saw saying. you saw what happened oh, with, sure. Brett, with like Brett Favre. I mean, yeah, he was literally talking They're, about how he would be up late at night, not being able to like he was going through withdrawals because he was there, on these opioids. And There are a lot of... Uh, oh, yeah, that was NFL, a problem his career. There I mean, are a lot of former NFL players who are in the cannabis advocacy space. Guys like Jim McMahon, um, Kyle Turley, who used to play for the Saints, Ricky Williams, which, I mean, is kind of an obvious one. I mean, but and, and it's just like this... Run, Ricky, run. This widely accepted culture, I feel, that everyone's, like, okay with these, like... It's not okay, but it's, like, too common to see these players take these, like... I don't know, like, like opioids. Painkillers like, and stuff. if you yeah. listen to the Pat McAfee show, he openly talks about how him and other NFL players he brings on the show, how they just, like, pull down their pants and inject themselves with Tordal, which is a painkiller, like, and that's mid-game. A, that's a punter. Yeah. That and is like, a punter. Mid-game. Like, they just take their pants down and then just run into the buttocks. But, you know, I don't. I, I really I agree with you, uh, Dylan. This uh, this issue about weed is should not be that big of a deal. Yeah. Uh, Gentlemen, j- Gentlemen, I'll say this. Look, I can see your argument and I can see your points, but at the same time, a drug is a drug. Look, we could all agree that marijuana is a drug. It's a drug. Let's be honest here. But at the same time, I like how they were consistent about it. And what I mean by consistency 
is that Russia had a whole big doping scandal a few years ago in the Olympics, and the entire country got banned because of uh, uh, of testing positive for drugs. You can say marijuana is a PED drug or not. At the same time, it's a drug not is a drug. It's it literally slows it literally slows down your reaction system. So it's not going to help you in any athletic sport where speed and quickness is required. Which especially is especially track, sport, especially track with Kari. It literally yeah. whether it hurts. Not. She was dealing with the loss of her mother. I mean, you know, like yeah, I very I very don't tragic. Know. Very I understand awful, that like it's a, no, I, it is. I it get is. that it's a rule, it and I get that rules are rules, and rules are there to be like enforced. But like. And wasn't this multiple Come like athletes on. for Russia as well? Yeah, like, yeah, it was. No, I mean, Russia, of the doping. Yeah, this, this was that like was a the multiple, doping too. It was, was a multiple. This that isn't was Russia's Russia's always doping, had stuff like but, that. Like well, Alex, this, is, this isn't all of them is. sitting in a circle getting high with one another. I mean, this is a whole yeah. nation, like you know, collectively coming together and trying exactly. to cheat and win, not well, you know, get getting that. a little high. I mean, I understand you said a drug's a drug, but there's a big difference. You're not doing like cocaine or like crack or something like that, or even like you know, PEDs like. That doesn't alter their performance to being able to to stay like you know when you run like under ten under eleven seconds for the hundred meter dash. My point is is that the rules the rule right, and the rule is the the rule considers marijuana a drug. And you know what? Say again. Say what you want about it. I think it is a drug. Number one, and number two. I think it's also taken out of context a lot at times as well when it comes to how, how people use it at times. And some people use it responsibly. They do. A lot of people at times also don't use it responsibly. And it could also lead to other issues, other problems, and also other drugs. But my point is is that the rule is, is – the rule is the rule. The law is the law. Whether you, whether you think it's stupid or not, that's the rule of the committee. And what 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 I like about Shakari Richardson is that she actually owns up for her mistake. So even though she's not you know t- taking part in the Olympics, I like how she had the honesty and the decency to actually own up for her mistake and actually own up for uh for 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 for, for breaking this rule. And again, you can agree with the rule. You cannot agree with the rule. You can disagree with the law. You can agree with the law. Whether it's the law, it's the rules of a commission, whatever. The law is the law. The rule is the rule. Whatever it says is whatever it says, no no matter if you like it or not. But at the same time, if you're going to take part in the Olympics and represent a country, you should be – you should know – whether what, no matter whatever's going on, you should know that 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 you need to take a drug test in, in 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 order to participate in the Olympics for your country. Every athlete should know that. Everyone should know that pretty much. You know you're going to take a drug test, and whether you pass it or fail it, you know something's going to happen. If you pass, if you fail the drug test, you know you're in trouble, and you know something's going to happen. If you don't take drugs and you pass a drug test and nothing happens, that's great. You're fine. You move on. You'll be you'll be able to participate in the Olympics. But and uh, I and I, I understand what you're saying and I get it. Like I don't want to have like athletes that are that are going crazy like on drugs. And of I course. and I agree with that. I want clean sports. You want clean sports. I want clean sports. We are in the same boat. But do you think that that the that the dynamic has changed at all? Because you know. More than being legalized, like marijuana has been proven to be used as, you know, a healing substance. A lot of people use CBD oil, you know, in their everyday lives to heal from, you know, 
back pain and and all these other types of things and you know i just think i think that the the dynamic of the debate has changed uh so yeah that's that's just my personal opinion people might use it for those reasons but at the same time you see a a lot of people abuse it at the same time using it for whatever recreational reason they want look i think Again, the rule is the rule, the law is the law, whatever the law says is what happens. But these 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 athletes and really a lot of really you know you're going to get drug tested. So why put yourself number 1 in this situation no matter what's going on? But number 2, at the same time you know you need to pass a drug test. If you know you need to pass a drug test, why are you smoking marijuana or taking any drug whatsoever? Look, Russia the, the doping scandal, that's a whole different story. But at the same time, she technically did break the rules. She technically did break the law in the eyes of the Olympic Committee. And because of that, justice has to be served in a way. So because of this, uh, be, because she broke the rule, a punishment has to occur. And whether, whether, again, you agree or not, that is the rule and the punishment is being served out. Again, Shikari Richardson actually admitted to this and took responsibility. I give her all the credit in the world for, for having, you know, you know uh, the bravery to do that because she knew she was getting lots of criticism for it. She knew she was also going to have people calling it outrageous. I, t- I find it really remarkable how she took credit for her mistake and how she owned up to her mistake at the same time, knowing she, you know, uh, sort, of, sort of ruined this, this opportunity for herself. I just like how she owned up to it. But again, I think, you know, the again, it is this, this, this is a really hot topic debate. It's it's more of a more of a political type of debate in a way. But my point is is that again, whether you agree with it or not, that is the rule. And I admire Shikari Richardson for 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 owning up to her mistake. All right, and that was a that was a very interesting debate. Uh, you know, we are really no, more we are more than sports guys here. I gotta say, um, but you know, I think I think we should shift back because you know we we wanted to just talk about that, but we should probably be talking about the huge news that that we just got. You know, uh, I announced it right before the break. Jake Schmid once again gotta thank you for flashing your phone, flashing the IG. Of course, of course. Ron Harper Jr. officially comes back to the banks we're gonna have aaron brightman on at 7 15 we're gonna go to break in a couple minutes before we have the managing editor of on the banks on um jake i just wanted to go to you you know before we go to break just wanted to see what you your thoughts are i know we were talking about maybe maybe what if they both come back well we have that now they're both back uh you know so what 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 is the future looking like to you and ultimately where do you think the ceiling lies with this uh the scarlet knights team this year where's their ceiling I think it's great that you get Ron Harper Jr. back, somebody who can play, you know, that four and the three, and you bring in Andre Hyatt, you bring in that veteran leadership from Ellis, um, from the from the South as well, and I think that um, that really helps Rutgers and brings them, you know, it makes up for the losses that they um, when they lost Miles Johnson, they lost Jacob Young, Montez Mathis to the transfer portal. This really offsets that, and it really kind of brings that balance kind of back right now, right? You have Geo Baker starting again, similar starters: Palmer K, Geo Baker, Caleb McConnell, Ron Harper Jr. Except now you have most likely Cliff Amorier instead of Miles Johnson, and 
right there. You know, that's four out of your five returning starters from last year. So they're not real. They still have that, you know, that depth as well. We're going to see, you know, Jaden Jones, who came off the bench a couple times at the end of the season in the Big in the Big Ten tournament a little bit, and he made a couple shots, and he's developing. Jalen Miller from uh, D.C., the guard. So they've got some depth there where they would have had Jacob Young. Now they have those two young guys, underclassmen, um, as well, I think the future is looking very bright for Rutgers. I, I still think that they're maybe one piece away from being a contender to go to the Sweet 16. I think that Andre Hyatt definitely helps with that leadership and that tournament experience. Uh, just like all the Rutgers players have who play the tournament have that experience now. And, of course, developing Oscar Pomquist, developing Mo, uh, Mo Mag um, as well is going to be really key. And Dean Reber, of course, developing those guys and Cliff you know, getting him, um, seeing if he's leaner, if he's bulked up, and he's going to be contesting against the Kofi Colburns of the uh, Big Ten and all the uh, the big guys, you know, the Luca Garza. He's going to be tasked with guarding all those type of big players on each team. So I think it's I think the future is heading in the right direction. I think that having those guys, you know, Ron has two years of eligibility left um, as well. Um, so that's definitely great to have him back, that leadership, the veteran leadership of Geo Baker, who's really been with this team from the ground up, um, really built it up. And Coach Peichel, you know, one of his big first recruiting class was Geo Baker. Ron Harper Jr. was, you know, right after. And Ron Harper Jr. and Cale McConnell, the glue guy, I like to call him, because he's really just the glue that holds the defense together. I mean, you those are really, I think a lot of people are underselling how great Cale McConnell, his defense is, and that they didn't lose him to the transfer portal because he had a really, you know, coming back off that injury when he was supposed to be out for the year taking a medical redshirt, he came back halfway through in the winter in the end of December. Um, so that's definitely significant news for the Scarlet Knights. And I think they're they're trending up in the right direction, uh, Dylan. I think that their ceiling is good. I think that I, I'm really excited to see how Jaden Jones, Jalen Miller develop. They got a, a lot of potential um, for Rutgers, and I think that they can definitely absolutely get back to the big stage and win a couple games. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Peichel, everything has been about what Peichel hasn't done in the transfer yeah. window. He's also, you know, got a big signing, Andre Hyde, who... Very, oh, yeah, great sign. Very, very possibly, I, I, I can't give you a date, but very, very possibly could be coming on the crew in the next few weeks. So just leave it there. But I'm very really? excited. To, That'd be fantastic. We'll, we'll see. I have I have my sources. I have my people. Um, All right, but with that, we are going to go to a quick break. Don't go anywhere. And we're back here on the WRSU crew, Wednesday crew, about less than 25 minutes left here until we got to say goodbye. But just talking with Aaron Brightman from On the Banks. Uh, they do great work there, of course. Uh, Jake Schmidt, Dill McCoy, Alex Carminati um, here with you. And uh, Geo Baker, Ron Harper Jr., the two stars for the Scarlet Knights, are back in action uh, this season. They're both them, they're somewhat, of the line, somewhat of along the lines of uh, One Last Dance. They unfinished business, the common theme uh, there as well. But we'll be doing a little bit li- uh, longer rapid fire and some more baseball and talking off air about this before, but Shohei Otani hits his 30-second home run to break Hideki Matsui's record for homers by a Japanese player in a major league season. Um, he hit it. It uh, is July It 7th. is July 7th. It's mean, the All-Star 7th. break. And he's going to the All-Star game, of course. He... He just surpassed it before the All-Star break with a solo shot to the right field in the fifth inning against the Red Sox today. Matsui hit it in 2004. 
um, with the Yankees as well. So Otani also on yesterday pitched seven innings in the win for over the Red Sox, improving to four and one in his first mound start since becoming the first player to be selected for the All Star game as both a pitcher and a hitter. Um, is now he is a, is a major league leading 54th extra base hit this season is his homer as well. He's 32 homers, the most by an, any AL player since Chris Davis hit 37 in 2013. And he's kind of like the Orioles falling off the face of the earth um, as well. But Shohei Otani, man, I, I'm, I'm excited to watch him play in the all-star game. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 I just want to say, like, I saw him on the list of the Derby participants and I, and I have to say, this is a killer's row of hitters at cores. Shohei Otani, Pete Alonso, Trevor Story, Trey Mancini, Salvador Perez, Matt Olson, Juan Soto, and the last announced participant, Joey Gallo. Uh, you know, a lot of guys who have a lot of power. A lot of them are going to be hitting balls in a right field, probably 480, 490 feet at cores. Uh, it's going to be exciting to see. And I mean, Otani breaking this record uh, is very significant. I don't want to say he's the best. Uh, Japanese-born player ever because Ichiro Suzuki, Ichiro Suzuki exists. Um, but I, I definitely think that Otani has a chance to really be a uh, meteoric star both here in America and um, back in Japan, you know, obviously where he's from. And, I mean, even all around the world. And I think Otani has things – Otani is doing things we haven't seen since literally Babe Ruth, and that's not an overstatement. You know, at one point he literally led the league in ERA – He's he'll easily get home runs now. He's batting like 270. He has an under three ERA. It's just so so impressive to see what Otani's doing. Um, you know, right now he definitely is the league MVP, but I think it's going to be very exciting down the stretch. And it's also very interesting to see how, um, especially since Otani came into the league, everyone wanted him to go to New York. At least. Yankees fans did. We did. Yeah, I did. We I mean, did. everyone. That was, was over Twitter too. Like and, everyone, New York wanted him, and everyone thought they had this whole thing out for him, but it just you know didn't work out. He wanted to stay out west. We wanted to go out west, but um, one thing that's very interesting is no one ever thought he could actually do this. Yeah. I mean, you see him coming into the league. People saying he he can't hit. He's like a high school hitter. Scouts are saying this. Um, can his pitching last? I mean, he got absolutely um, demolished in his first spring training. He couldn't hit. And then he kind of figured things out, um, became a good hitter, didn't pitch, but now he's finally healthy. He finally gets a chance. And I really hate how I see all these, you know, old sab- these sabermetrics guys like Brian Kenny on MLB Network saying, you know, he has to pick one or he has to be a closer. I love what he's doing. I think this is absolutely incredible. I mean, and it's not like he has bad stuff. This guy, he throws fuzz. I mean, his splitter's inc- insane and his off speed stuff is like, it's it's great. He can hit his spots. I mean, and he's not just hitting like soft home runs, guys. He's no, they're they're missiles. They're, like and every I, single one of them is a, a missile. Everything. It's great. I mean, and this home run derby, like it's at Coors Field. That's that's awesome. Like you got like, and these are these are power hitters. These are some of the biggest sluggers. Joey Gallo in a home run derby is supposed to happen at Coors Field. It's supposed to happen. He he effortlessly swings and the ball goes flying. So that that's definitely gonna be fun to see and. Yeah. It's big stuff. It's absolutely big stuff. It's historic. And to be honest with you, don't be surprised if Shohei Otani not only wins the MVP in the American League, don't be surprised if he wins a Cy Young as well. He can really be – he is a dual threat. And that – and again, it, it is not an overstatement. It is really a truth. He is a dual threat. And to be honest with you, come the All-Star game, he can be leading off in the lineup and possibly be – 
possibly also be the starting pitcher for the American League at the same time. Don't be surprised if that happens. Uh, the, the, the home run derby also will be big as well to see what he can do in, in, in that type of environment, especially at Coors Field. It's really exciting to see. It's um, a new a new type of way, a, a new type of style of baseball. And altogether, it's, it's, it's bringing in a new generation of baseball and creating a new generation of baseball. The man's got 32 home runs, 54 extra base hits. My golly, he's been absolutely incredible this year. And again, you mentioned those stats, Dylan. He's pitching an ERA under three, I believe, like you said. So altogether, I mean, it's it's really historic. It's really incredible to see. And I'm just, hey, man, it's showtime. Buckle up for the show. Buckle up for the showtime. It's going to be a great showtime. And it just starts now. And this is just the beginning of, of of possibly something special that 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 we all can witness, fans, uh, um, me- media personalities, commentators, whatever. All people can witness this talent for several years to come, and this is just the beginning of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, Dylan mentioned it before about the home run derby field. Um... Uh, Juan Soto of the Nationals and Joey Gallo were announced today for the home run derby from the Rangers um, as well. So we got Shohei Otani in addition to those uh, hitters. Otani, Pete Alonso, Salvador Perez, Matt Olson, Trey Mancini, and Trevor Story. You know, Dylan, I, I really, you know, we talk about this a lot. And Soto, he's been having a good year. Um, uh, Gallo hit two home runs in the Rangers loss. He got 23 on the year. Um, his second all-star game this year for Gallo. Who do you guys think is going to win the home run derby? So, Shohei. I mean, that that's 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 a good answer. Yeah. Um, personally, I I think, and maybe it's more hope than think, but I've always been very high on Juan Soto. I yeah, think, me too. I think his batter's eye at 19, 20 years old shows that he has the ability to be a, a premier hitter in this league for the next 15, 20 years. Uh, and I would love to see him win the derby. He had an MVP caliber season last year. Um, and I think it would really be building off it. He's had a couple injuries this year. His numbers have been kind of lower than we expected. But I think that, you know, any of the left-handed hitters have a great chance to win the home run derby. So I, I put my put my name in the hat for uh, for my boy Juan Soto. You got so many opportunities, so many names in there. I mean, really, you can pick straws and pick hats left and right. Don't be surprised if it's Shohei Otani. That'll be my pick right now. And, I mean... Look, we started with him. Let's continue the segment with him. He's having such a historic year. This this is a guy who can possibly possibly lead off, but also be the starting pitcher for the American League. And let's say he won the home run derby the night before. That would just top it off absolutely, you know, fantastically for Shohei Otani, for baseball, for, for the American League, for Japanese players especially as well. I mean, it's 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 really it's really historic to see. And why not make it more historic if you, A, wins the home run derby, B, is the starting pitcher for the American League, and C, leads off with a home run or at least hits a home run uh, in the lineup for the American League. It would absolutely be remarkable to see. It would be absolutely historic to see. And it would be, it, it, it would be an all-star game and an all-star weekend for the ages. Uh, my pick for the week uh, for the home run derby. I think um, I'm going to change course here. I'm going to go with Matt Olson with the uh, Oakland Athletics. Um, I mean, I love Shohei Otani. Like, I mean, I'm kind of want to spice things up a little bit here, you know. But uh, just something about Matt Olson. Um, you know, he kind of helps carry that blue, uh, not Blue Jays, uh, Athletics team. Uh, everyone seemingly 
kind of rallies around Matt Chapman because of his defensive premise. But, you know, Matt, uh, Matt Olson really has carried that A's team uh, with his bat. I mean, he effortlessly just swats balls out of the Coliseum that he plays in in Oakland, which is horrible. Um, so that is my pick. Uh, second place, if I were to, I'm going to go Trey Mancini um, because Coors Field is actually um, more favorable, I think, to righties. It's 347 down left field and 350 to right, I think. Uh, I saw that on Wikipedia, so I might be wrong. But, yeah, those are my picks for the Derby. I like, I, I like it. I like, I like that Mancini thing. I think that's interesting, too, to take, in, uh, take into account um, as well. Um, a lot of pitchers went on the DL today, too. Uh, Dodgers' Clayton Kershaw goes to the IL with form uh, inflammation. 10-day uh, injured list uh, for him. He's 9-7 with a 339 ERA and 106 innings for the 33-year-old lefty. He's tied for the NL lead and starts with uh, 18 as well. And then also on the DL um, is uh, Jake Arrieta to the Cubs, but the right hamstring tightness. He lasted just one and two-thirds of an inning uh, for the second consecutive outing and their 15-10 loss to the Phillies. Uh, yesterday as well. Um, after he had a 2.57 ERA through his first five starts of the year, the 35-year-old has produced an 8.55 mark over his past 12, highest in the league during that time frame. Uh, what do you guys think of these guys? You know, Kershaw and Arietta, you know, they were really hard guys to face about when they were in their prime. They're kind of, you know, injuries are catching up to them. They're getting a little bit older, and the, you know, the Cubs are still in the thick of that race um, in the um, NL Central. I mean, they really dropped their the fourth last, their second to last team now for just two games under 500. Now the Brewers have a five and a half game lead over the Reds in the Central, and the Cubs, who had that lead in mid early June, now they've dropped down to four, uh, just 10 games back from the last place. Uh, Pirates, Cubs have lost their last 11 with a minus 20 run differential. Yeah, the one person I'm probably most disappointed about not seeing in the in the All-Star game has to be DeGrom. Or well, I'm a, I'm a big Mike Trout guy, so Mike Trout. But that's that one was a little more obvious. Uh, you know, it, it it it's just shame because he's really having a, a Pedro Martinez '99 2000 esque season, like one of the best pitching seasons ever. Um, and we can't see him, you know, rip it up for two innings yeah. against the best that the American League has to offer. I think he, I think he'd be one of those guys who had like two innings, six strikeouts. Like, oh yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, I'm excited to see. Um, you know, newer faces. I'm really excited for the Futures game. The the lineup, especially the American League one, had me really excited. It's very interesting to see uh, the Yankees have uh, Jason Dominguez, their um, yes. international sign. I think, I think he's, how old is he, 17? Uh, he's either 17 or 18. He's in, and, low, he's in uh, low A right now. And it, it's gonna, he's going to be the first player, I think, ever, right, to not even play a first full season. I believe uh, Not it. even play in really a season at all before like going it. to the Futures game. And yeah. he's also... 17 or can't wait till he gets old. called up to double a and he's and, about and he's about four minutes away and, from us i i can't wait to see kid. jason Dominguez. i can't <laughs> wait to see him but, but yeah very very excited and um, uh one thing to go back on jake that was uh very interesting that you said about jake arietta on the uh on the cubs is um because i wanted to touch on this the cubs are at a time in their uh franchise where they have to decide whether or not they what they want to do it's either we got to sell the team or they got to buy and win now. And they have all the players necessary on their team to make the trade, such as like, you know, it'd be hard to, you know, get rid of Rizzo, Bryant, Baez. Right. But I yeah. mean, one of those guys, I mean, the Cubs don't really have any pitching either. I mean, no, they don't. They have nothing other than those key bats, which they can get a big haul for. So they have to, they have to choose right Jock here. Jock Peterson. Yeah. Yeah. 
there's there's a lot of options there uh, as well. I mean, well, that they've always been interesting. I mean, they've also lost eleven. They've really struggled, and that's you know they, they got swept by the Brewers, by the Dodgers, by the Phillies, by the Reds. You know, the Cubs have really deteriorated down uh, down the season so far. Yeah, to be honest with you, go ahead, Carm. Oh, okay. Um, to be honest with you, when you see the situation the Cubs are in right now, it's it it is make or break. And e- even before entering the year, they've been saying this for the Cubs. You know, this is a make or break year for the Cubs. Can they get you know back into contention? Can they be consistent? Will Javier Baez have a good year and stay with Chicago? Right now, when you look at it. And if the Cubs keep going down the slippery uh, uh, slope, you can see Javier Baez, I think, get traded at the trade deadline. Possibly. Yeah, um, and I've also, Jake, you can attest to this. I've been seeing a lot of a lot of Mets in July today. A lot of a uh, lot a lot of talk. I've never about been par- a big proponent talk, of that. Talk never. about parades and no, stuff. No, no, it's too but, early. But you, you have can't. to. You have to understand, like this is this is an every year thing. Like it's 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 they play really well in April, they play really bad in May and June, they play really well in, in July and August, and then they play really bad in September. They either miss the playoffs or they lose in the first round. That's just how that's how the I, next I agree. I've go. seen it. It's like Grand it's like Groundhog Day. Like that's that's it's, what it's, I've seen. It's a great movie. Um, great movie. Great, great. Bill Murray is amazing. Um, but you know, I think I think it's just funny to see. The, the Mets fans always just not come out of the woodwork because they're very passionate and like that, you know, but, you know, they, they get these glimmers and they just take them and they think they take these glimmers and it's like they ha- they make it for what it's out to be. Like they win a couple of games. It's like, all right, we're making a run. We're doing this. We're doing that. You know, Lindor's coming back. He's hitting this well on Wednesdays. He's great. Yeah, those are always the you obscure know. stats. I mean, Lindor is definitely for all the struggles he's had. He he's developing all the struggles. All, all the struggles. I mean, he didn't have his first home run till like you know end of May, but he's he's struggled a lot. But I mean, right now, you know, they're a four and a half game lead over the Phillies. They're um, they won that first game of the doubleheader today against the Brewers. They're although they're losing right now uh, two nothing. I mean, Jacob Degrom now is ERA so bad one oh nine. Oh, skyrocketed up. That's the only one like point three better than the record now. Oh, yeah, gross. gross. Very, yeah. But um, you know, they gotta. We'll see what happens with the Mets. I mean, I, I would love to see Degrom uh, start. A lot of people are saying that Taiwan Walker should get it. I don't know if Taiwan Walker will get it because compared to all those other guys that are on the roster, I don't know if he makes the For cut. All Star game. Yeah, I heard Taewon Walker's there name. There is no way Taewon no. Walker is starting for the National no, League. No, no, I, I don't think so. I know it's not the ground. He had a but... very good season. You know, nobody wanted to sign him at the end of the year, and the Mets got him. They've got him for a bargain for next to nothing, and he's been he's been developing well. But he he's not like uh, you know those top guys in the uh, in the NL. He's not no Jacob Degrom. Like he, he you know he, so he can't replace Jacob him. DeGrom. So I have I have multiple questions. My first question is, when do they announce the starting pitchers? And then my second question is, when is the like all star when what weekend is that? Is that this weekend? Is that next weekend? It's next week. It's next week. It's the thirteenth, the all star game. It's okay. That, yeah. So it's two it's Tuesday next week. And the Derby I'd assume would be Monday night. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's gonna be interesting. That's gonna be a uh, good good uh, beginning to the week of sports, you know. Uh, I I can't the home run derby in cores is gonna be crazy. I think someone someone's gonna hit a ball five hundred and twenty feet. I don't know who it's going to be. It's most likely going to be Otani, just based on what he does mm-hmm. during the games. But 
I am Coors was great. It's kind of, it, it, it sucks why it's at Coors, but it's great that it is at Coors. It should have originally been at Coors. Um, in my personal opinion, it's a great place. You know, it's a place that's a lot of fun. It's not like your typical ballpark. The balls fly out of the park. You know, that's what everyone wants to see. That's why you should have never changed the baseball, Rob Manfred. But he's 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 literally the worst. He's the worst commissioner in sports. He might be worse. That's debatable. Look, look, Rob Manfred is bad. Roger Goodell is on a whole different level. Roger Goodell didn't change the time yeah, of game to I get two games. Yeah, I would agree with Dylan on that one. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of Gary Bettman either, but I think that Roger Manfred is... He didn't change yeah. the ball in the middle no, of the season. He's yeah, bad. he's bad. But, I mean, Ro- Ro- Roger Goodell is just the ultimate level of incompetence. Rob Manfred is is incompetent too, but but Ron Manfred also doesn't have gall. He doesn't have the guts to actually you know lay down the law w- when it comes to, especially when it comes to the actual situation. Also, when when it comes to just everything in general, Manfred again he he doesn't really have have a presence to himself. Roger Goodell is much more worse than that, and Roger Goodell in general just has no class, no attitude, no character whatsoever. And when it comes to the, the decisions he'll make, they're just absolutely brutal. Manfred is bad. Don't get me wrong. But if we're on like a scale to, you know, tipping towards who's the worst, com- who who's the more terrible commissioner, it's got to be uh, Roger Goodell, in my opinion, especially when he goes after Boston Sports and Dave Portnoy for disagreeing with him and forces him out of the arena. Rob Man, uh, Roger Goodell threw Dave Portnoy out of Super Bowl 53 because he didn't like him. Dave Portnoy had to come in, come in a costume, put on a fake disguise, a fake mustache, glasses, and a whole outfit to to uh, to make sure he didn't get thrown out. He eventually got confiscated and got thrown out of the building. Last time I checked, look, Ron Manfred might be bad, but the last time I checked, Ron Manfred didn't throw anybody out of a baseball game for disagreeing. Rob with him Manfred literally him. changed the playoff bracket last year to suit to casual fans. He made it 16 teams, which, in my opinion, for a 32-team league, 16 teams is too many, and I and the NBA is the same way. But Rob Manfred has changed the composition of the baseball twice in the past three years to the point where in 2019 we had home runs galore, and now it's defense, defense, defense. He's botched the he's botched the pitching situation with the substances where pitchers are literally stripping. I mean, it's not as bad as it was last week or two weeks ago, but it's bad. No, it's bad. And I just think, and I'm not like, and, and baseball just, it's not even just Rob Manfred. Bud Selig did it. And the guys before him did it. Baseball has a tendency to just go ahead, pull the gun out of their pocket and shoot themselves in the foot. I don't know why they do it, but they do it, and Rob Manfred is the latest in these series of incidents. I think I only say that. Rob Manfred. I might only say that expression because I'm a Giants fan, and I had that actually happen to me where one of my stars shot themselves in the foot. But, yeah. Rob Manfred, look, what he's doing recently, again, I, I disagree with. It's horrible. It's pathetic. But when you look at Roger Goodell as a whole, it's just he's just a clown. He's an absolute clown. And when you look at, you know, how how he's handled so many different issues, it's just been horrible. It's been absolutely terrible. And no wonder why you have such backlash. And look, you've got backlash recently against Rob Manfred, but 
the incompetence of Roger Goodell is just on a whole different level. Manfred, like I mentioned, he's also incompetent, but at the same time, he has no sort of no, no gall, no like guts to any situation. Uh, Goodell has guts in a way, but he's 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 just an idiot all around. Yeah, I mean that that could be uh, that could be something that we could all uh, talk about as well. Um, but it was definitely a. Big day for Rutgers. Uh, today, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. As <laughs> Gabelchuk put it best, uh, it, it definitely was. I mean, you got Geo Baker, your top five, fifth, number five at program assists, um, top 10 in steals, 44th scroll night to hit 100, to hit 1,000, 1K points. You get him uh, back as well. You got Ron Harper Jr., uh, Rutgers' future looking bright, young and upcomers, Jaden Jones, Jalen Miller as well. But that's all the time we have here on the Wednesday crew. We'll be back Friday at 4 to 6, and then next Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, Wednesday same time, 6 to 8.